Play fake. Young goes deep middle. He's got Jerry Rice. Touchdown 49ers. Welcome to another edition of the 49ers Family Podcast, where three generations of 49ers fans break down the game each week and hear from Grandpa Mike as he shares personal experiences since he became a fan in 1949. My name is Josh, and I'm here with my dad, Jared, and my grandpa, Mike, and we are a 49ers family. Okay, what a game. What a series of events. Can't wait to break it all down, but can I just say that I was, and if you listen to last week's podcast, was not expecting a 33-17 to 17, uh, victory led by a quarterback other than Jimmy Garoppolo, so my mind is about blown right now. Uh, but let's let's get right into it. Grandpa, I know you have a lot of thoughts. Um, let's hear them. Okay, well, I'm delighted because we won the game. Um, and this, you know, before the game, I thought this is really a statement game. This Miami's eight and three. They led their division. They were eight and oh in games that Tua had started and finished. They had won five straight. And they had scored over 30 points in their last four games. So going into this was, you know, um, going to be really difficult. And then on their opening drive, we're on the first play of the game. They go 75 yards and we're down seven to nothing. And that wasn't the end of the bad news. We, you know, on our first drive, we lost Jimmy um, to a broken foot. I mean, it was just a disaster to start out with. Um, so here we, you know, had lost Trey Lance in game two and we lost Jimmy in game 12 and we're down to our third string quarterback who happens to be a rookie with no experience. Um, and then on top of that, the other advantage Milwaukee, uh, Miami had was Mike McDaniel was, you know, he, he was an assistant with us for five years. So he knew our strengths and weaknesses. He knew our players um, very well. And I thought, oh my goodness, just with this, our season is over. But <clears throat> I then remembered um, back, <clears throat> you know, I thought what backup quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl or, you know, even taken a team very far. And, and then I remembered um, in 1991, the New York Giants, Phil Sims got hurt with two games to go, and they used backup quarterback Jack or Jeff Hostetler, who had started two games in seven years. And he took them to, uh, that was the game where Scott Norwood missed the field goal and the Giants won. So they went, you know, so I always try and find a positive. Um, Brock Purdy did a phenomenal job. He is cool as a cucumber. He, um, I, I, I was very impressed. His focus, his calmness. Um, he was just fearless. Defenders in his face. Even um, Kittle and Kyle Shanahan said afterwards, he's got big cojones. He can really... I mean, he was throwing it in tight windows. So, um, yeah, and then to 
to to win 33 to 17 wow that's um i i was amazed and just a couple of other thoughts <clears throat> we ran 84 plays which is the most in four years and you know brock purdy gets a lot of that credit you know he's maybe handing the ball off or throwing or whatever but i mean we had 84 plays and a lot of time of possession over 40 minutes so um yeah i you know he's got a quick release i like his feet he was you know dodging rushers um i was immensely impressed so a very very meaningful win so yeah very happy I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and Dad, I want to get your thoughts. Well, one thing I'll say off of your uh, your thoughts, Grandpa, is that yeah, Brock Purdy threw the ball thirty seven times. I mean, that is just so surprising. Rookie quarterback, last guy picked, no game experience in the NFL, and Kyle Shanahan trusted him to throw the ball thirty seven times, and only one was picked. It was a 50-50 ball. Brandon Ayuk could have tried to bat it down. He tried to Randy Moss it over the top, um, and it, get, it got picked. It was thrown a little bit low, but even that was on a fourth down, and honestly, because he caught it, it was like we punted 17 yards rather yeah. than it was incomplete, and the you know they got the ball where um, at the line of scrimmage. So I, that's just one thing I wanted to point out that it was very shocking, um, but I, I was happy to see that. I think that's part of the reason why we won because we had to throw the ball. They tried stacking the box and we couldn't move the ball. It was like running into a, a brick wall. And so Kyle had to trust Brock Purdy and hey, look at the score. Dad, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was gonna bring up that same stat. He was 25 of 37. And our basically our third string quarterback threw the ball 37 times. I think uh, in our last week, um, Jimmy G threw it 35 or 36 times. So, uh, I mean, it was pedal to the metal, no adjustments made. And since we're talking about Brock Purdy just briefly, I mean, my comments were uh, rather quickly. I just look at the expression in his face, you know, on uh, watching the broadcast, you could see that, but he was unfazed and the classic term Brock Purdy did not flinch you know he stood stood in and he was unfazed even afterwards I watched some of his interviews after the game and he's just a steady Eddie student of the game and he's got this demeanor that doesn't it it doesn't go up or down it's just very steady and uh, his play showed it and I was just it was so fun to see his um, steadiness in the game. And it's one game he played very well, um, and we hope that continues. But as a general rule, this game was very exciting. Uh, we were able to move the ball fairly well. Um, it was a game, things that stand out to me is, um, you know, it was a team effort. We spread the ball around our, um, our playmakers. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he was our leading, uh, I think, receiver and our leading rusher in this mm -hmm. game. Um, he put up some great numbers and Christian McCaffrey, since he joined the team, we're five and one. Okay. Kansas city was his first game after being on the team for two or three days or whatever. Um, but, uh, since then, uh, the Rams on were five, five and oh, so 
very exciting, but he did what he did. Um, our defense was all over this game. We had we're plus three in the turnovers. Um, and uh, Bosa is our closer. And every Super Bowl winning teams have to have closers. Um, Donald it was the Rams closer. You know, they were able to close out some things against us, actually, to get Jimmy G off, you know, whatever during um, was it NFC or the. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah, whatever. But anyhow, um, he's a closer and Armstead was in uh, quite a bit. So uh, our defense did what they do. And it's a total team effort of just kind of high character individuals. And Brock Purdy, I think, is a plug and play for us. And I don't think anybody feels like we're going to skip a beat. Um, he's untested. So we're going to see what happens. But I'm super excited. And uh, it was a fantastic win. 33 points. We held them to 17. We're yeah. averaging like 16 points uh, allowed per game now. Um, it's, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, let's talk about defense, okay, because mm -hmm. we just spent a good chunk talking about Brock Purdy. Um, we'll probably come back to that, but defense really stepped up besides that first play and then that kind of blown coverage in the third um, quarter when Tyreek Hill went deep. Honestly, that's kind of just bound to happen um, once a game when you're playing against the, the Cheetah. Um, so I kind of excuse them a little bit for that one. We shut them down, uh, and it was just so fun to watch. It's so great having Eric Armstead back. You talked about Nick Bosa. I think he is the clear front runner for Defensive Player of the Year. People want to argue that Micah Parsons on um, Dallas is, is deserves it. I, I don't think so. Um, obviously, that's my bias as a 49er fan. But something that really just – two things jump off the, the stat sheet for me. One, Miami only ran the ball eight times for yep. 33 yards. Mm -hmm. That is unbelievable because we know they have Raheem Mostert, probably the fastest running back in the league. And then Jeff Wilson Jr., our good friend that just got traded there like three weeks ago, uh, or probably more now. But um that is just shocking to me. But Mike McDaniel, knowing what he knew, said, you know what? We're passing the ball. It's the only way that we're gonna, going to beat these guys. Um, and even then, Tua went 18 for 33, two TDs um, on those two blown coverages and two interceptions. Just, just totally flipped their game. Mike McDaniel was visibly frustrated on the sideline like, so frustrated uh even their embrace at, after the gaming with with kyle and those are always kind of weird um but these guys worked hand in hand for a decade and you could, tell, you could tell that mike mcdaniel was just ticked because the niners beat them yeah yeah um it was it, it was it was amazing so only running eight times that tells you that they, you know, waved the white flag and said, we can't run against these guys. So we're not going to even try. And <clears throat> our defense is, you know, just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, they're really fun to watch. Nick Bosa has been, he was player of the month in November. He's now player of the week right? for this, this past week. Um, so yeah, he has, 
a very good chance to be the defensive player of the year. There's only five games left. So, um, yeah, he's, he, and he deserves it. You know, he, he has 14 and a half sacks and I believe that leads the league. I know it, it did. After our yeah. Game. Yep. yeah. So, um, yeah, our, our defense is, has kept us in a lot of games this year and, and they continue to do so. I mean, they shut down a very high octane offense. Yeah, Fred Warner. Fred Warner played lights out. He um, uh, made some great plays. He's got long arms. He he he's an he's an obstacle in the, you know, in midfield. Uh, and he can keep up. He's got speed. He keeps up with uh, Tyreek Hill and others on the short and short outs. Uh, Greenlaw played amazing too. Amazing. Uh, and then Bosa uh, had uh, Armstead in at times. I guess Armstead only played twenty one plays. Bosa played thirty eight. Armstead was kind of being rested and kind of slowly kind of bring him up to full game play of maybe 38 plays, I guess. And some say that the defense still weakened is going to get a little bit stronger as Armstead is healthier and plays mm -hmm. more plays. And that's very exciting. And then our secondary stepped up. Lenore got a touchdown or a, uh, interception and Hufunga made some big plays and Jimmy Ward got an interception. So, um, our secondary was tested. I mean, it was raining balls, like you said, I mean, with the amount of pass attempts versus run attempts. So, which is uh, great against Tua. This wasn't against, um, um, you know, uh, just an average team. This was what uh, Waddle and Tyreek Hill lead the league basically as a duo of passing receivers and Tua's had an amazing year. So, I mean, we went up, this was the biggest challenge to our, our secondary this year of going against Tua and those weapons. And they didn't run the ball. All they did is throw the ball. So uh, the, the way we fared, very, very exciting. And I'm, yeah, it makes us more prepared for what's coming at us with Tom Brady and his air attack too. For sure. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, it makes me honestly look ahead because... I feel I feel like I was the one bringing it up on past episodes, like watch out for that dolphin game. Here come the dolphins. Here come the dolphins. Um, and the the defense, honestly, you know, surprised me. Uh, when we talked about our second half predictions, this Miami game was one that I I predicted to be a loss. I I didn't know that we would have the answers um, for their offense, and we beat them by 16 points. Obviously, a late um, uh, what's it called. Uh, fumble return for a touchdown helps that margin but um to look ahead and see yeah the Buccaneers Tom Brady and all you know they looked very beautiful last um this week I guess on Monday night against the the Saints um and then Washington you know to be respected for sure but we should win that game um the Raiders also should win that game and then of course the Cardinals we should win that game um you know, even with a rookie last pick of the draft quarterback, our defense is going to keep us in these games. Uh, and and Brock just needs to do his job and follow the scheme. Of course, these defenses, and uh, we'll get into the Bucks prep here in a second. Uh, they're they're going to they're going to prep for Brock and give him heck because that's what they do against rookie quarterbacks to try and confuse him. Um, but 
you know, these are games that like we, we are not screwed um, when it comes to the quarterback oh. position because, and I mentioned this, I think even in our pre-game preseason episode that Brock Purdy looks like Jimmy Garoppolo out, the, out there. Oh, yeah. Um, Brock, yeah, Brock Purdy, he does, we don't, he doesn't have to do too much. He just seems to do what Jimmy G does. We're not a Miami Dolphins team or a Tom Brady team where we have streaking wide receivers. We, we don't throw 30 and 40 yard bombs and beat you. We're not a, um, a Kansas City with a Mahomes. I mean, we, that's not one man in our team doesn't beat the other team. We have a team of playmakers and our quarterback just seems to distribute the ball and be smart. And that's what Jimmy G was doing great. And Brock Purdy, that's his model too. So it's really, uh, it's kind of a strange team. We're on our third quarterback and we're still in the hunt and everybody knows it. That's very unusual, but it's how our team is built. Um, it's built so well-rounded defensively and, this, and offensively with playmakers. And the reason we were able to survive the Miami Dolphins pass attack, which the rest of the leagues had a hard time with, is because we have an incredible defensive line. So when Bosta and Armstead and the others and Ebicom, they're putting that pressure. I mean, Tua didn't have much time. He was flustered. So it's, uh, it makes up for maybe a little bit of weakness we may have in our secondary at time. They, they stepped up and our line stepped up. So we can, that's what was the test to me. Can we go toe to toe with an air attack team with a strong quarterback? And we were able to do it. A couple of more comments on, on Brock Purdy. Um, so it, as we've said, he was the last player picked um, in the draft, the 262nd player picked. And last spring, the 49ers signed Nate Sudefeld um, and gave him a $2 million guaranteed contract, which told me at the time, okay, he's our backup. I didn't really know much about him. Um, and then when we drafted a quarterback, I was surprised. And you'd think, well, they've guaranteed this guy $2 million. So Purdy doesn't have a chance. He's going to be on the practice squad. Well, Purdy beat out Sudfeld, Sudfeld, or however you say his name. Um, and he, I mean, he beat him out. They had to pay him $2 million and, and he's now with Detroit. And the second thing, and I learned this during the week, and this is good, twice in the huddle, he told the veterans to shut, he was calling the plays and he told the veterans to shut up, you know? <laughs> so he, you know, and, and that was Trent Williams who said that. Huh. Um, yeah. He said, I really admire him. He told, he told us to shut up and, you know, cause he was calling the plays, he's a rookie. So anyway, that's a good sign and um, go Brock. Go Brock. I have one more thing to say uh, that I think was definitely his best play of the game. Uh, and he audibled into it. Uh, they were bringing the blitz on the outside. He knew he was going to be a free rusher. And he told um, George Kittle to do a, a kind of a short post in the middle of the field and totally got yeah. drilled, yeah. got the ball out. It was third and 10. 
um, got the ball out, got the first down, and later threw the touchdown to Christian McCaffrey on on that drive. Yeah. That, to me, showed so much poise. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about rookie quarterbacks in the last two years with Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, as we well know, um, and and others. And I'm sorry, I don't see any of those guys acting with that much poise. Um, and it, it's uh, the NFL is a lot about, you know, tangibles and measurables. Um, and honestly, Brock Purdy has the intangibles and the non-measurables. Um, he's not a physical specimen. He's 6'1", and that's probably a little bit generous. I think that's generous, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the guy's a gamer. I mean, starting four years at a Big 12 school in Iowa State, when they were good, they were ranked a lot of the time that he was there. Um, you know, he trained with John Beck, the same guy that was heralded as the QB whisperer that also trained with Trey Lance and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. Um, he just didn't have the measurables to, to be a high draft pick. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't say that he doesn't have the guts. He doesn't have the knowledge. Um, and some would say, you know, he has that leg up uh, on top of um, Trey Lance because Trey yeah. Lance had one year at an FCS school versus Brock Purdy had four years at a, at a, at a Big 12 school. So mm-hmm. he is not to be overlooked. I think we're, we are, we're so lucky to have him. Uh, and, you know, right before this, you know, there's probably a whole other side of the coin. You could say that, you know, Brock Purdy can't take us to the Super Bowl. I don't even want to look at that because as fans, what do we have to do? We have to be excited. We have to be one, We root one, for our team. We got to win one week at a time. That's We don't have to win the Super Bowl right now. We, we beat the next team in front of us. And we beat the next team in front of us then and the next team there. That's how we do it. That pass the Kittle, you know, the guy was in his face. I mean, literally in his face. But that release, 1.7 seconds. That's yep. what that, that Kittle release was. Um, but, yeah, it showed tremendous poise. Now, one advantage he has is, you know, since uh, he was number three on the chart the Q, in the QB room, and then Lance goes down, now he's number two. So he's running often – he's running oftentimes um, – the opponent's offense. Yeah, the opponent's offense. And he's going against number one defense, right. which is one of the best defenses in the league. He's yeah. got Nick Bost and other guys chasing him down. And he's having to stay calm, cool, and collected then. He's actually, it's the perfect storm. And we talked about it earlier. I told Grandpa, and I think, Josh, you, you talked about it. We have a great QB room with this franchise, you know, with uh, the Niners. And the way Greasy and Kubiak are working with these, these quarterbacks and the type of person and character that um, Brock Purdy has, it is just, it's kind of a plug and play, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a quarterback scenario. Um, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Like he's, he's not the golden boy necessarily, but um, we like what we see and I'm anxious to see more. And I, I think we've got a little feel of it. And we're hoping it continues. Yeah. So just um, so Brock Purdy was born in December of 1999, and ten, ten months later, Tom Brady threw his first NFL pass. So he was born basically when Brady started in the NFL. And next Sunday they face each other. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> Love it. It was um, Adam, it was Adam Peters 
who um, suggested we draft him. So Adam Peters was the guy we that John Lynch kind of stole from Denver when he became the general manager. I was the first guy he went and grabbed and it was because of his ability to see talent. Mm -hmm. And so they asked this week, you know, where did you find him? And it was Adam Peters. And I love that. And also I just jump chiming in, sorry, a little bit more, but just talking about the, the team and how it's been rebuilt and how it's built and constructed. And Brock Purdy, I think is an example, one of our newest um, additions to the team, uh, the 260th player picked in the NFL draft round seven, Mr. Irrelevant. Well, anyhow, one thing, the intangibles you talked about, Josh, are exactly kind of what, how they're building this team. And I talked to grandpa about it, high character individuals, you know, I mean, uh, just as you go down the roster and look at whether it's Trent Williams or McCaffrey or a Debo Samuel or Brock Purdy, a Jimmy Garoppolo, all these guys, um, a Nick Bosa, a Fred Warner, uh, a Greenlaw, they're just high character individuals. Like it's a certain type of person, like a Baker Mayfield wouldn't fit in our locker room. It doesn't even fit the style of the, the 49ers. It's the, not the character uh, the quality individual that we're building with. And when you build with quality and character like that, it is a full team effort and everybody's contributing. We don't have an all-star. We don't have an Odell Beckham or um, some flashy, you know, uh, player that uh, wants all the attention. Everybody is supportive of each other and it's high character individuals. That's what I think of this team right now, just built on character and, they, they work as a unit and they're hard to beat. Yep. Good. Well said. Well said. Um, all right. Uh, that's, that was, that was fun. Uh, before we get into Bucks prep, uh, just want to say, you know, Jimmy G goes down uh, what looked like to me a, a broken ankle ended up being a broken foot. Now it is a foot injury that Kyle Shanahan said that he thinks maybe one bone is broken. Uh, he was going to be out for the year with surgery. Then now he's not getting surgery. It's not a list Frank, um, list Frank injury. Uh, and he supposedly could be back in seven to eight weeks, which would put it at the second round of the playoffs, the divisional round, or maybe the, the conference championship. Um, maybe we see him come back. Maybe we no, don't. Kyle Shanahan said, we're not going to plan for it. I mean, we'll cross it once again, cross the bridge when you get there. Um, and just in case we have now seen the last of Jimmy G, which I'm laughing as I say that because we thought we saw the last of him last year um, and he was back. So who knows? He might be back next year. I, I don't put anything past John Lynch. I, I just want to say, and Grandpa, I think you're the most um, best positioned to, to reply to this. Does Jimmy G belong on the Mount Rushmore of great Niner QBs? Well, we have a whole history of great quarterbacks. And yeah, he, he was 42 and 19. Um, and when we, when we traded for him on Halloween, um, five years ago, we were 0 and 9. And he 
played the last five games that year and won them all. Yep. Um, so he, I mean, so he won five games with the same guys that were losing nine. And um, he's, yeah, so we, you know, go back to Frankie Albert and Y.A. Tittle and John Brody and Joe Montana and Steve Young and Jeff Garcia. And I mean, we've always had good quarterbacks and Jimmy is one of them. I, I just admire the guy in so many ways. He's a perfect gentleman. He's never complained. What a teammate. Um, he's kind of been kicked in the head and, you know, kicked out and never said a word. Um, he just shows up and he was having a phenomenal season. I feel for his injuries. He's got this reputation and rightfully so of being injury prone, but, um, when he plays, you know, we have a chance. He's a winner. He's a winner. Yeah. He's, He's a winner. A winner. Yeah. 42 well, and 19. Yeah. I know. I feel like to answer my own question, dad, chime in here too, that, uh, he would definitely be, I would say, the top three. I mean, nobody's going to surpass Joe Montana and Steve Young. Those are pretty cemented one and two. But I don't, I don't, I think there's an argument for him to be considered the third best QB in 49er history. Uh, he, it's an argument, a debate could be had there. I think it would definitely be his if we had won the Super Bowl in 2019 um, yeah. or made it to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl last year. That, that's kind of the one thing that he he's missing um but he just wins that's what he does yeah yeah if if he had won the super bowl i mean that it means more than it probably should um yeah. but True. that's what everybody's evaluated on and you know terry bradshaw was kind of just an average quarterback in pittsburgh but he's four and oh in the super bowl so you know um well, as we, as we discussed last week, Dan Marino, insanely crazy arm talent and stuff, never won a Super Bowl. Right. Um, so it's it, obviously football. One of the funnest parts about football is it is truly a team sport. There are 22 guys busting their butts in yep. different positions, and it takes and more than 22. It takes special teams, too. Um, so it's, it's way more than just a QB. Wins are in Super Bowl wins are more than a QB stat. They're really team stats, um, but yeah. Yeah, it's like an interception. You know, the quarterbacks rated on touchdown passes and interceptions, and some of the interceptions are tipped balls that went right to the guy, but it counts as an interception. So right. it's not a perfect world. Yep. Awesome. All right, well, let's let's transition on over to the Bucks game. Um, Bucks are coming to town. Tom Brady and the Bucks are six and six. Uh, they, uh, it's going to be another kind of afternoon game at Levi Stadium. Uh, right now, the weather is forecasted to be 56 degrees, a little chilly for the for the Bay Area, um, and a 50% chance of rain. So that's something to watch. Um, All-time series: San Francisco leads 18 wins to seven. Um, and right now the point spread has moved to five and a half points in San Francisco's favor, opened at three and a half, if I remember correctly. And the over and under is 36 and a half points. So a little bit lower scoring compared to uh, last week's um, over and under um, <laughs> with, with the Dolphins coming into town. But obviously the intrigue here is the storylines of Tom Brady coming back to the Bay um, Tom Brady um, never played in Candlestick Park 
even though he grew up going to Candlestick, uh, was there for the catch game in 1982. Um, he has since he has played once at Levi Stadium, so this will be his second time. Uh, apparently, if I remember correctly, he was slated to, or maybe they did, maybe he did travel with the Patriots to play at Candlestick, but he was injured, so he actually didn't play, I believe. Yeah, that was in 2080 at a torn ACL, so That's he didn't right. play in that game. That's right. So, okay. so, but yeah, you got the 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 goat um one would argue and i think it's pretty clear greatest of all time uh amazing quarterback can't believe he's still playing versus mr irrelevant brock purdy um <laughs> uh and can't wait to see it even though that's not obviously the matchup the matchup is tom brady against the number one defense um it, it is part of the storylines yeah and tom brady's gonna be running for his life you know what i mean uh, our defensive line i mean they're so beat up tampa bay on there their line um it's going to be a frustrating day i think for um tampa bay being on the road uh playing uh, monday night short week traveling cross country their lines tired i mean brady's struggled you know relatively throughout this season just uh, because of he doesn't have any pass protection or whatnot brady i mean look historically brady never does well under tremendous pressure that's how you beat brady if you can if you can put pressure if he's not touched he'll pick you apart all day long he's a surgeon but you put that surgeon under undue stress and he is um he he can't do his job and um that's the only weapon they throw the ball what 54 times or something a game or some ridiculous number i forget um they are an air attack like crazy they don't rush the ball very well um so anyhow i really like the way we ma we match up um and uh i think it's going to be a, again a great game and a good test for for our offense and our defense both but uh i think things stack up in our favors are they are we uh favored by three or or are they favored favored? five and a half we're favored by five, five. and a half Five and a half now. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah, I thought that's going to increase a little bit. I mean, as uh, the week goes along here. So, yeah, I but I I really see our defensive line doing what they do and against uh, uh, a kind of porous Tampa Bay uh, offensive line is probably going to be the you know the big thing. And I hope Jordan Mason gets to run the ball a little bit more, yep. save a few hits from Christian uh, Christian McCaffrey too. That's Jordan Mason, I still love the way he runs. He only had, I think, eight carries um, against the Dolphins. So um, I'd love you know share that load a little bit more and and give uh, McCaffrey just a, a few less hits. Yep. So Tampa Bay is the worst rushing team in the league. They're ranked thirty second. Um, they don't run the ball well at all. They. They average 73 yards a game. Um, and their offensive line, Jared, you're absolutely right that four of the five guys are um, backups. So they've had injuries and one guy retired. Um, so what they do is they pass the ball and Brady has these short passes um, and pressure up the middle. You want to make Brady move because he can't move. Because he so, can. Yeah. That's what I was going to say that. Because he can. Pressure, pressure up the middle and get him off the spot. Um, 
but he throws these just quick little passes. And that's why he's hardly ever sacked. I mean, he gets rid of that ball, but they're short. So um, that's what we're going to see. A lot of check downs. Yeah. He loves the check down throw um, because once again, it's getting the ball out quick and they kind of use that check down throw or running back out of the backfield as a type of running play. It's just a different kind of running play. Yeah. And we have great linebackers and that's a nice thing too. I mean, I like Warner and Greenlaw on checkdowns. I mean, I think we can defend that fairly well too. Um, just because of the way we're built, our linebackers aren't, um, are very mobile and very athletic. And that's why we have one of the best linebacking crews because we defend the, the, the run, but even better yet, the pass very well. For sure. So Tom Brady, or first of all, Tampa's the oldest team in the league. And Tom Brady was born and raised in San Mateo, which is just south of San Francisco. And one great trivia question that I like to throw out once in a while is um, there's three guys in the Hall of Fame that went to Sarah High School in San Mateo. Well, Brady isn't in there yet, but Lynn Swan, Barry Bonds, and Tom Brady all went to the same high school, which is pretty amazing. Um, And then one other note, um, our quarterback coach is Brian Greasy. And Brian Greasy was the quarterback for Michigan in the Rose Bowl. I forget the year. Um, and his backup was Tom Brady. Huh. So uh, they have the, the Michigan tie. Um, but anyway, yeah, Brady's 45 years old and, and Purdy is 22. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. He's, he's addicted to the game. He's relentless. Uh, winning however seven Super Bowls he still has a chip on his shoulder um the guy he's amazing he really is he's just um he averages 45 passes a game last week he threw 54 (laughs) you know 45 years old anyway um my my arm would probably fall off if I threw it 54 times in one game Tampa has a good defense, and so that's why they're the over/under is low. I mean, they they don't allow a lot of points, so this is probably a low-scoring game. Um, everybody they've played is is twenty or under, except for Kansas City, who scored forty-one against them. Everybody else, it's in the teens, yeah. and you know well, that's how that's how they beat the. Chiefs in the Super Bowl was their defense. Um, they yeah. held Patrick Mahomes to something crazy. Like, didn't wasn't it like I can't remember. I think yeah. it, it was around ten points or something. But it was a, kind of a weird, weird game. Uh, it was. They, yeah, they. I want to say they didn't have a touchdown or. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Very yeah, very. But it's very, a different team today. I mean, they've they've lost their offensive line and, and a bunch of other people. So. Um, and they, they, you know, went through this coaching change, um, which was, I don't know if it was a political thing, but Brady retired. He wanted it, the coach gone and then the coach is gone and Brady came back. So <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, I do think the, the intrigue here, 
is going to be their defense versus our offense. Obviously, with the changes on our offense with Brock Purdy versus Todd Bowles and this aggressive uh, defense that, like you said, Grandpa, though, is old. Uh, they're, they're not the same defense they were in the Super Bowl. Their linebacker right. core that they were known for, Devin White and the other guy, I forget his name, were complete studs. They have kind of taken a step back this year. But they're going to dial up some crazy stuff, some stunts, a lot of blitzes. They're going to bring the house. Just like, honestly, Miami tried to do the same thing. And then they actually had to back off because Brock was actually doing a pretty good job of identifying those blitzes and getting the ball out. So um, that's the matchup that intrigues me the most. I trust our defense to keep Tom Brady um, and that offense in check once again because they don't really have a rushing attack. So we're going to know that they're throwing it. Um, and then we can kind of drop into coverage and try and get some pressure on, even with just three guys, um, you know, we should be able to get some decent pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to be blitzing a lot. Yeah, they're going to scheme to kind of really kind of um, fluster um, Purdy for sure. I mean, you have a, you know, a rookie quarterback, you know, starting for the opposing team. Um, it's going to be all about shaking and rattling him up. So um he'll be tested especially in that first quarter uh maybe a little in the second but then things will kind of uh kind of settle down i think uh as um pretty hopefully weathers the storm but uh unfortunately we uh we run the ball real well too and we have uh you know great playmakers so um again pretty doesn't have to do too much just get rid of that ball and and uh um get the party started so but it will be they they have a very good defense and will come up with some pretty crazy schemes, I'm sure. It'll be good. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to start tomorrow. <laughs> Every yeah. time we do these uh, podcasts, I'm thinking, why do we have to wait so long for the game? <laughs> yeah. I'm ready now. We're so, ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hopefully, it'll be on national TV. I mean, I know. I mean it is. I, we'll find yeah. out. Um, yeah. on Thursday there's a there's a good chance it will be because the Rams play tomorrow night okay. so one of the three slots that won't be filled on Sunday um, so anyway we'll find out on Thursday what the TV schedule is yeah I believe it is I'm actually going to pull it up right here um, that the Fox late. Yep, it is. Um, national TV for pretty much the whole country besides the Pacific Northwest and the Carolinas. Um, and we have the number one team, another, another number one Fox team with Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. So, okay, so we'll get this. Yeah, good. For nice. the majority of the country and those listening, yes, you get the game. <laughs> That's always the, the, the dumbest part about the NFL to me is that they demand so many eyeballs but then you're like left to the will of whatever is on the schedule it's like it's the dumbest thing i I swear that they could make more money if it was a pay-per-view sport and you pay four bucks to watch your team um yeah make it reasonable it'll probably come to that it's kind of you know coming to that on thursday night with it being on Amazon Prime and these other guys who want to get into it. So when they bid for these contracts, we're going to, you know, start paying. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, it should be interesting. Um, all right, let's do some score predictions. Grandpa, you're up first. I my prediction this week is the 49ers 20 and Tampa 17. Okay. 20 to 17. 2017. So you're taking the under. Um uh dad. Um, I'm gonna throw out there 35-17. Whoa. I love yeah. it. Seriously. I mean, I know we're going to hold the bucks. I would take this bet all day under 20, under 20 for sure. And we're going to score over 30. I'll say 35, 17. I like it. I love it. Um, I'm honestly, you, I feel like you guys are like right here and right, like at one side and, and one <laughs> side on the other. I'm going to say right down in the middle on, I'm going to say 23, 17. Uh, I think that we're going to move the ball. We're, unfortunately going to settle for some some field goals um and then tom brady's going to keep it close enough but i think our defense ices it um in the fourth quarter so 23 17 is what i would guess i like that um but yeah it should be a good game i'm I'm stoked for it it will be with tom brady it's you know you can be ahead and just like last week they were they were down by 13 points with like three minutes to go when he won the game yep i know that was honestly bad game management by by the Saints, though. They let them back into the game. Even that pass to, I think it was Mark Ingram, they needed it like a half more yard for the first down. He went out of bounds and, and was short of the first down. And if he stayed in bounds or got the first down, you could argue that the, the Bucks wouldn't have had enough time. Um, but it was just bad game management by the Saints, and that's why the Saints find themselves at four and eight. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's where that's where Tom Brady will hurt you every time. You yeah. make the slightest little mistake, and he, he's Mister Opportunity. Especially, you know, two or three minutes left in the game, and the ball's in his hands. It's it's like thank you very much, you know, and then the game's over, and you know, uh, he's got more points than you on the board. So exactly, yep. game management is humongous, and yeah, it's it'll and our special teams played played great and continue to play really well with um I don't know how their special teams rank, but special teams might even put some points on the board for us um uh against the Bucks. So um that's always exciting. I mean, we're just a very well-rounded, well-balanced team. We don't mm-hmm. have any like super like one strength as a team. If you think about it, what do the 49ers do? Well, people would go, uh, they got a real good defense and they got Debo and Christian McCaffrey and Ayuk. And I mean, we have like this, all these weapons and tremendous balance. And if you look at our box score every week, balance, 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 balance. So the answer to that question, what do the 49ers do? Well, the answer is everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We run pass, we play defense, special teams. I mean, it's, it's a solid group yeah yeah well cool well as always uh we like to end our episodes with either a story from grandpa mike um talking about a past experience or a game um but this time grandpa i think you have some trivia you have some some trivia for us and guess who i I do we're gonna have a, a little game that we're gonna play with our listeners and it's called how well do you know your 49ers so there's a player i'm going to talk about i'm going to give you oh, 20 hints 
and we'll see how many it takes for you to identify who this individual might be. So here we go. He was born in San Marcos, California. His parents divorced and he was raised by his mother. He attended Mission Hills High School in San Marcos. He's half Mexican and half African-American. Growing up, he was a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> He's a member of the Church of the Latter-day Saints. He wore number four while attending BYU in Provo, Utah. So how you folks doing? Does anybody know who it is? <laughs> he was a standout in the 2018 Senior Bowl and he was projected to be a number two pick. And before the draft, prior to the 2018 draft, he worked out for three teams, Buffalo, Denver, and San Francisco. He attended the, the scouting combine and his numbers were average. Um, Pre-draft, he was ranked as the fourth best player at his position. And, and then in 2018, he was drafted in the third round by the 49ers. Um, he was the number 70 player picked and he was not fourth in, at his position, but the sixth player because his combine numbers were just average. And here's, here's what I found very interesting. Um, pick number 70 in 2018 was acquired from the Chicago Bears the year prior when we had the second overall pick and Chicago had the third overall pick and Chicago wanted to trade up to number two to, to uh, select Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback from North Carolina. Um, so this was one of the two picks that we got from Chicago that we used to get this player. Um, originally, he wore number 48. He started as a rookie and called the defensive signals immediately which is unheard of for a rookie. He's very, very smart. Um, his debut was against Minnesota and he made 12 tackles and he started all 16 games as a rookie. He's led the team in tackles every year ever since. Okay, so do you know who this is yet? Well, we have a few more hints for those that don't. He changed his number to 54 his second year when Cassius March departed the team. He intercepted a Patrick Mahomes pass in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54. He's been called the best linebacker in football the last two years. Now, everybody should have it by now, but I'll give you a couple more. Since 2020, he's been a perennial All-Pro. He signed a record-breaking five-year contract extension worth $95 million, um, and $40 million of that was guaranteed. He's elite at defending the middle of the field. He's 6'3", 230. He's been listed in the NFL's top 100 players list. He was number 70, and then number 47, and now number 21. And 
in, in, in my view, he's a future Hall of Famer. So I hope that you'll, he's only 26 years old and I hope you will enjoy, you know, watching him. He is phenomenal. And by now you should have guessed who it is. Um, his real name is Frederico Anthony Warner, Fred Warner. So he's, he's our future Hall of Famer. So I hope you enjoyed that. Gotta love Fred Warner, quarterback of the defense. He's as good as it gets. Uh, he gives it that it's all, he goes sideline to sideline. Uh, he can, he can, you know, fill the gaps when he needs to, but he's known for covering space um, and covering defending the pass and the passing league that we, we live in today. Like, you know, Tom Brady coming to town and the Dolphins that just came to town, it's a passing league. Uh, and he is that new breed of quarterback. He's long. Uh, you saw him get that and he tipped the ball, the kind of pass breakup in the middle of the field, that key play um, against the Dolphins that really, I think that's part of the reason why um, Tua didn't go back to the middle of the field. His favorite place is that he respected Fred Warner. Um, he's a great leader on and on the off and on the football field. Um, I, I love him. I know uh, dad, you're wearing his Jersey right now. Uh uh, it's a as, oh there you go grandma's got the 54 um and but just what a guy super super good dude and i, I mean i think it's safe to say that you know obviously you got to stay healthy football's a, a physical game and he has stayed healthy that's one of the reasons why he is so great you got to be available um he has stayed healthy and if he continues to stay healthy he he will go down as uh, 49er great um, up there with Patrick Willis and other great uh, linebackers that they've had in the past. And then ultimately, yeah, I would love to see him in the hall. The 49ers currently have, there's 31 linebackers in the hall of fame and the, the Niners have one Dave Wilcox, number 64. He was, he was phenomenal as well. Um, Patrick Willis is on the ballot. Patrick only played eight years. Right. And that's what's kind of holding them back. So you got to play 10 or 12 and, and really be outstanding. But we, yeah, he was a third round draft pick. So um, a wonderful find by our scouting department. I mean, wow. Yeah. And I, I mean, once again, I've said this now four or five times. I, I'm also a BYU fan. He came from BYU, so I knew a lot about him before the Niners drafted him. When I saw that they did draft him, I was just so pumped. Um, Grandpa called me and said, what do you know about this guy? And I think the things that I said was great, great leader. Um, he was the leader of, of you know, a captain on, on BYU, uh, and he could cover space. That's what he was known for. His, he had a really flexible hips. Um, so changing the direction and you know, something that, that he could do really well at his size. Um, and oh, I was going to say one more thing, but I forgot. You, you said, I remember you said, you're going to love this guy. He is the best player on the BYU team. And oh, yeah, yeah. And, and he's a linebacker. I, I remember. And once again, props to the scouting department. Not only, yeah, was he up there and he got invited to the combine. So he wasn't a total diamond in the rough. Uh, but he was a little bit down in the rough because BYU that year, while they've had some good successes recently with Zach Wilson and 
last year. Um, another they only won four games. They won four games that year. They were terrible. The worst season that BYU had since like 1955. Um, so yeah. nobody was watching him, um, but he stood out on tape. He was the best player that we had. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's wonderful. He's, you know, he's the leader think, of our defense. Yeah. I, I think uh, also just a very high character individual leadership, um, very take care of business uh, kind of guy. Um, and the, again, that's what the Niners are looking for, and that's what they're building. And it's a culture. Um, that's what um, Lynch and others are putting together for the right. Niners. And that it starts to, it's like compounding interest. You get one plus one equals two, plus one more equals eight, plus one more equals 20. I mean, it, when you add more and more character like that, it's contagious. Um, and those kind of qualities um, uh, build a locker room, would build a team, and it's a very united team. We, I talked about it earlier this year. They just seem to be a very united on the same page team, and it is these commonalities in their in the character and their athleticism. I mean, these are these are it's kind of like uh, I don't know, just the way he's built and the way he plays is it's it's designed for the the. NFL today, you know, it's not the, a, a junior Seau or a Singletary, like I talked to Grandpa about earlier, that's just hard hit and smash, you know, right. it's always holes in the line. No, it's covering space now. I mean, linebackers have to do that. Um, yeah. and, and Fred Warner, class act, does that in spades. And uh, it's fun to watch. And he's one, he's one of the best in the NFL right now. And then with longevity, he'll be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. We're lucky to have them. Oh, yeah. What a guy. All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of 49ers Family. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our family. Uh, once again, if you have any feedback, questions, comments, email us at 49ersFamilyPodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners.